Hi there. Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast. Today, we're talking about The Mandalorian Chapter 11, The Heiress. My name is Dan, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ed. You. And Noma. How's it going? Not too bad. How you doing, guys? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good, I'd say. Getting some sleep? Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> that was a simultaneous <laughs> eh. <laughs> that was perfect. All right. In our sleepy stupor, Ed, do you want to let them know what they're going to be listening to today about Chapter 11? Yeah. So as you've heard previously, we are talking about the heiress. And honestly, I there's a couple Easter eggs, I think. I think I saw, but I can't be sure about them. But uh, definitely what happened is insane. Uh, what will happen... Gosh, this this season's just going to get better is what's going to happen, honestly, because this episode mm. was a great breakout episode. And I'm glad it happened in, well, chapter 11, but like episode three of this season. So that means we still have like five more episodes. I know, it's going to be good. Of what, yeah. what's going to be probably insane. So I want, there's one thing I want to hear, but I'm not, I'll mention it at the end because I I want this to happen so bad. And it would just, <laughs> it, I know Filoni can do it, and I know, I know he definitely knows of it. So hopefully, it's it's been done in this season. But we'll see. Thank you, Ed. Noma, do you want to let the fine listeners know how to contact us, send us feedback, or their own theories or comments or questions? Of course, uh, we've got a whole bunch of ways that you can get a hold of us. Uh, first is our email, which is voiceoftheforce at gmail We've also got our Twitter, which is at voiceforcepod. Uh, we've also got a website, which is www.voiceoftheforce.com. And uh, you can always listen, rate, review, and subscribe to us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. If uh, I talk too fast and you miss some of those, don't worry. We'll go over them again at the end of the episode. And they'll also be included in the show notes for you to click and uh, go to or go to the website and click the links there. Exactly. And uh, yeah, feel free to contact us because we're always interested in hearing what you guys think as well. So, Thank you, Noma. Yeah. Right. So before we get into this discussion, uh, once again, this is just a full spoiler warning. We are going to be talking about everything that happens in this episode. Uh, no holds barred, you know. So if you haven't seen Chapter 11, The Heiress, go watch that now so that you're not spoiled. And then come back and you can enjoy this uh, without having anything ruined for you. Alright, let's get into the plot points for Chapter 11, The Heiress. Do you copy? I copy. Thanks for packing up all this gear so nicely. Imagine what a division of us can do when we get our hands on what's inside these shiny little boxes. If you think you're going to escape with those weapons, you are sadly mistaken. Even if you manage to jettison a few of those crates, we will comb the entire area. Until you're hunted down and killed. Oh, we're not jettisoning anything. We're taking the entire ship. What? Put some tea on. We'll be up in a minute. So we start off this episode with uh, what I call an, almost another happy landing. Din and the child and the frog lady enter Trask's atmosphere and set down on the dock, only to have the Razor Crest at the last second fall into the ocean. Um, and get picked out of the water by a repurposed ATAT, which looked really cool. Um, it definitely gave me uh, Fallen Order vibes for anyone mm. who's played that um, on like the the dockyard that he works at, or the um, the scavenging area anyway. 
Um, after that, Din pays the Mon, Cali uh, Mon Calamari dock worker to repair the ship. Um, later it's mentioned that it's about a thousand credits. Um, the frog lady gets reunited with her frog husband, uh, which is awesome. I turned on the subtitles watching through it a third time, and turns out his name is Frogman. Um, <laughs> at least in the subtitles. Um, Din gets pointed towards the cantina by the frogman, and, uh, to, in order to find, uh, the other Mandalorians that he's been looking for. As we get into, uh, the cantina, um, we have the child sitting down at the table with Din, and the Mon Calamari saying, you know, you need to order something because these seats are pretty sparse. Um, so he says, I'll get some food with the child, some chowder, I think he calls it, and uh, which is, looks so good. I just want a whole bowl of that to myself. <laughs> Are you sure about that? No. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I want to buy information for, uh, buy something else. And he's asking for information on the Mandalorians. And he gives him some of the calamari flan, which is what he got from... Um, Grief Karga? Grief Karga, thank you. Yeah. Um, in the first episode or one of the episodes there um, in the first season. And uh, he finds his way onto a Quarren ship and uh, gets basically told that if you go on our ship for a few hours, we'll uh, take you to the Mandalorians. So he's like, sure, that sounds pretty good. Pays him, goes on the ship, and uh, turns out the Quarren is not a nice Quarren and uh, pushes the child into the water when they're feeding what they call a mama core. And... It kind of looks like an underwater worm from like fantasy. It's like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a faceless tubular creature to look like with like just jowls of like pointy teeth. Um, and it's circular or like cylindrical, I guess. Um, but D Din dives into the water to save the child. They close the gate above him. So he's under the water and he can't really swim with his armor on. It doesn't look like or breathe underwater with his mask. And so he's getting attacked by the Quarren. As this happens, we see three Night Owl Mandalorians show up and basically just dispatch of everybody um, with martial arts skills, you know, just hand-to-hand -hand combat and um, some daggers coming out of their gauntlets and some blasters and stuff like that, which is really cool. Um, we do have the also the, uh, the ropes that get tied around them and get pulled, they pull them to the ground, knock them out. Um, as that happens... Uh, they uh, take Din out of the water and explains the situation about the child after they save it um, from the creature. And uh, basically, the Mandalorians remove their helmets, and he be immediately assumes that they're not Mandalorian, that they stole the armor. Um, as they continue talking, uh, we find out that Din is actually a part of what they call a cult of religious zealots, uh, the Watch. And he is something called the Child of the Watch. And uh, then Din's like, you know what, I'm not having any of this. This is the way, and he just takes off on his jetpack. We continue, Bo-Katan and her friends, uh, we see them lift off of the ship that they were on with the corn and blow it up. Um, we continue the scene a little bit later with Din kind of in the evening on the docks, walking through, I guess, maybe back to his ship or something. And mm -hmm. he finds himself surrounded by the corn on the dock, and he says, "My, You killed my brother, but I'm going to kill your pet. And so uh, he's like, actually, and then Bo-Katan comes down with her friends, and they basically just kill everybody and say, actually, no, I killed your brother. And uh, they take them all out. And she's like, hey, do you want to have dinner with us? We need to talk. <laughs> so we do get a decent amount of plot development here um, and a lot of exposition drop. We find out that while they're having dinner, 
Trask is actually a black market port, um, which is an interesting place to raise your frog children. Um, right. Bo-Katan wants to seize weapons that have been brought to, brought, bought, sorry. Bo-Katan wants to seize weapons that have been bought and sold with the plunders of Mandalore in order to retake the planet. Um, Din thinks that Mandalore is a cursed world, um, is what he's been told by, I guess, the Watch, and that it's basically a, a planet that you go to to die. Um, he's just basically getting uh, focused on getting the child back to the Jedi, its own kind. Bo-Katan tells him that she can lead him to one of their kind, but he need, she needs his help to take the weapons from an Imperial Gazanti class freighter, which is where we go to the Mandalorian heist. So, the Mandalorian heist, right before that happens, we have Din dropping off the child at the frog people's home and reminds him to mind his manners, and you know what that means. Um... <laughs> as he gets put right in front of the eggs in the jar and uh, sees one of them hatch, which is kind of interesting, into a tadpole. Uh, the Mandalorians jetpack up to the Gazanti and knock some buckets together on their way up to the cockpit. And uh, as they get there, the Imperials mistake them for pirates until the lieutenant says that they're Mandalorians and immediately gets sucked out of the cargo hold because he was too stupid to realize that the Mandalorians had control of the cargo uh, section of the ship. Um, as he locked them in and uh, they find the weapons that are in the cargo hold and then they move on to commandeer the ship there was a really cool scene where uh, they're kind of pinned down and the Gazanti starting to go down into the ocean like it's flying straight down basically and uh, Din has to basically use two detonators and run like juggernaut style towards the uh, stormtroopers and throw the detonators as he's getting shot and pummeled with blaster bolts which was awesome. Um, as we get to the ship's uh, cockpit, we see Bo-Katan interrogate the captain about the Darksaber, and he tells her if uh, she's asking about the Darksaber, then she knows where it is and who has it. Um, and then the captain rocks himself via, I think, like a false tooth that's in his mouth that basically just, you know, short-circuits his brain and kills him. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, their it's version a, of a cyanide Yeah, it's like a cyanide pill. Exactly. exactly. Which is kind of creepy now that like we kind of make that connection. It's just like, ooh, that's, that's some dark shit right there. I'm surprised we didn't see more of it throughout the series because it's definitely a thing they would do. Oh, definitely. Yeah, especially as a remnants of the Empire. Mm. Um, as Din makes his exit, Bo-Katan asks him to join the Siege of Mandalore or at least go with them on the Gazanti freighter because they're being tracked um, by the Empire now. Uh, on the Gazanti, and uh, he's basically he just says, "I need to get this child to where it needs to be," and she tells him to take the foundling to the city of Caladan, on the forest planet of Corvus, and tell Ahsoka Tano that you were sent by Bo-Katan, and they part by saying, "This is the way." And uh, the end of the episode takes us to Din picking up the child and congratulating the Frog family on their newborn tadpole, and Din tells the child, "I had to turn the subtitles on for this because I couldn't hear it." But it's, he says, no, I have enough pets. <laughs> and then he leaves with the child in his arms. They head back to the ship, was haphazardly repaired, um, and takes off on the new path towards Ahsoka Tano. Right before the end, Din kills something that looks like a face hugger, kind of starfish type thing, sea creature, that got on the ship. And the child eats it. And uh, parts of the Razor Crest fall off as it takes off and jumps into hyperspace. And that is the episode, The Heiress. What do we think of this episode, guys? It had to. It had to happen. Where if we got somebody, because like we made predictions before the episode appeared, and it was like, no, nope, nobody was really wrong. 
I guess, which was, you know, sometimes that's surprising. I think for this, not so much. Because it was like, oh, you know, we're going to see Ahsoka. And it's like, well, we will. So not yet, mm-hmm. but yeah. Like, oh, we're going to see, like, you know, different sects or different um, uh, operations or different clans or anything like that. And sure enough, here comes Bo-Katan and the Night Owls, right? And it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's keep on a roll with these predictions because, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're right so far. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was it was a good episode. They had everything from, oh, yeah, remember these guys? You didn't see much of them throughout everything. I think the Quarrens had like one episode in the Clone Wars series to themselves, or yeah, like a series. We haven't seen many of the Quarren. Mm-hmm. But if you, from uh, playing um, Kotor and Kotor True and all that, they, I think they're in a cantina or something and just mess with you. I can't remember if it's on Taurus or if it's on um, the station before you go planet side in Kotor Two. There's a really cool part in this when they uh, when Din was being surrounded by the Quarren at night on the dock, mm-hmm. um, when they're you know readying their blasters and stuff. I think one of the Quarren he has like one of the rifles basically behind Din, mm-hmm. and is pointing it at him. And I think one of his tentacles comes up, like his face tentacles, and like like cocks the gun. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's really cool little design. And like when they talk, their tentacles move a little bit as well. Um, it's just really cool just that think- they weren't just like flat and just dangling. Like I mean, obviously, I was, I was like a costume. Thinking Zoidberg the entire yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> literally, right? Why not Zoidberg? Why not Corin? <laughs> it it yeah, because I think uh, Ezra. Like the only times we really ever see them are the the one Clone Wars arc on Mon Calamari, and then the even older than that, the the original Clone Wars cartoon, the two D one. Oh yeah, they they have that same thing. Where oh it's yeah, the they are in there. Mon Calamari fighting the Corins. Yeah. yeah, and and both times it's Kit Fisto uh, yep. showing up there. Which is so, that's a Nautilus species, right? Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. That's what Kifisto is. That's cool. Mm. Um, yeah, you... there were some there were some neat little details that I liked in in this episode. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, but when he he pays with the the Mon Calamari flan that he got in in season one, that that was that was really neat. It's just you know I, I like those kind of small continuity things that they keep up. Yeah, and, and uh, I think it was the, like the same amount too. Like it was the ones he kept from. From that meeting, yeah, so that was it was, cool. the, yeah, it was yeah. the four, three or four coins you got. I guess mm-hmm. we're gonna call them coins. They make a weird yeah, sound when they're put on the table, though. They're like, oh, they're all squishy. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah, weird. Right? But it also makes sense. Like, what would he have spent those on in that season, right? Yeah. Exactly. He wouldn't have had any interactions with people that would want that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know we talked about before how episode the second episode it, it's it's not bad, but it's a little bit slow and you know kind of wondering how it was going to fit into the story overall so it's nice to see you know the the frog people start it still bugs me a lot that they don't have an actual race i name, know it makes me feel the, so the, weird just saying the frog lady and the frog man and the frog people that's yeah easy man also because even this episode i noticed that more they look more like geckos than they do they really do yeah because they've got the yeah but I don't know. Thinner, uh, snoutish area. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, almost almost looking like, like a bit more like a crocodile, but, you know, without any of the, the nasty parts of it. If they got too crocodile, they just call them Trandoshans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, right? But it's it's nice to see that story re- re- uh, resolve. And now we're getting so much more kind of lore coming in. Because it, it's something we were, were discussing after the episode. And, uh, you know, it, it was mentioned, uh, Ed mentioned it earlier, but getting to see the fact that 
you know, we now have confirmation that Din's way of being a Mandalorian isn't the only way. So that's really nice. <laughs> this is know, the way. This is not the only way, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There, there are multiple, and so so that's really nice. We're seeing uh, kind of. I don't know whether it's it's they're all night owls now, or whether it's still the Proctors, or you know the true Mandalorians, or whatever. But we still got their sect, and now we've got this offshot of Death Watch, basically, mm-hmm. which is 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 really interesting to see. Because I think Dan, you mentioned uh, when when we were talking about the episode afterwards that they're called like the children of the watch. Yeah. yeah. See, here's where here's where I find that interesting because original Death Watch uh, from and this should be fresh in everybody's mind because of mm-hmm. uh, uh, season seven, but uh, Darth Maul was their Mandalore basically for Death Watch. Mm-hmm. And, well, there was, um, wasn't there like a weird like offshoot that joined him though? Like there were still other Death Watch members, wasn't there? That that didn't but, join him. See, that was when, because um, technically the Night Owls were a part of Death Watch as well. Yeah, yeah. That was the schism after he executed Pre Vizsla after the duel. So maybe there was like and three parts of that one clan, like the one maybe? Death Watch group. Because it was it was still like the New Mandalorians, them, and well, I guess in this canon, Jasper Mareel's uh, True Mandalorians weren't there. Mm-hmm. But um, it was, yeah, and yeah, the Death Watch following the rules of the ancient ways was just like, okay, because you saw them in the throne room. They're like, okay, yeah, this guy's our leader now. And Bo-Katan was just like, no, we're not going to accept this. And she flies off with a, yeah. like, a bunch of her night owls. Mm-hmm. And then they stay, and then they repaint their armor and everything like that. And after after we see the Sidious Small and Savage fight and he captures him, they go break him out. And then he's just like, all right, time to continue taking over the criminal underworld. But it's still, he's still Mandalore to them. And then season seven, he gets captured by the Republic and um, Ahsoka for all of like, I don't know, until we're 66, basically. Yeah. Uh, then when he's escaping the ship and all that. But till then, he disappears. But it's still him. We know from some time or whatever, like he's dealing with Crimson Dawn and then... Uh, we don't know if he's still with them in that Mandalorian's that part, but if like mm. if if they had been you know cut down throughout the Empire and everything, like oh yeah, no, forget these guys, we'll destroy them, and then you know they still have kids, everything like that. Mm-hmm. But maybe one of the leaders, whoever who lived through all that, was just like yeah, yeah, no, 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 we're not doing this anymore because you got to think how old are all these guys that are that are running on these things, right? They don't take their helmets off, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. But you can assume, like, did some of them live through them all days? Did some of them not? How many did? If they're all in hiding now, did they realize, okay, we got to change something or what? But I don't know. Yeah. There's, they still feel, they to me, like the children of the watch feel like like the Mandalorians of old. That oh, my God. And, that, I think, I and think, that's what Death Watch is supposed to be. Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. I just realized what the finale is going to be. It's not going to be a civil war. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a civil war, but I think it's going to be a war on Mandalore, and it's going to be that's where the um, they're going to uh, unify the clans with well, the dark saber. That's be- what Bo-Katan's even, trying to do now. Yeah, before yeah. even they get the dark saber, I think I think that maybe um, this is going jumping ahead, but basically, you know, Din's going to join up with them. He's going to find out there's a lot more Mandalorians that you know have this other way of of living, and mm. uh, you know, the as far as we know, the planet Mandalore uh, was taken over by the Empire last. And then abandoned, I guess, is what we kind of get from this episode. Like they left it because they couldn't, they couldn't control it or whatever. But 
Because they tried even with Sabine's. Um, yeah, with, had the, a with special the names. The Duchess. Yeah. Yes. They yeah. used the Duchess machine and just oh, fried yeah, 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 right. through the armor. Yeah. yeah. And so with with that, um, you know, they're gonna go to Mandalore to try and retake it and reclaim it and you know bring it back to life, I guess, and bring the people mm-hmm. there. But as they get there, maybe Star Destroyer comes out of hyperspace before they're able to get to the planet, and it turns out that they are fighting against um, uh, Moff Gideon. And that's where they find the Darksaber, and that's where you know this whole war happens. Space battle ensues with some gauntlet fighters, and you know once they've done the space battle, there's some casualties and stuff, but they are able to go down to Mandalore and retake it. I think that would be pretty cool. See, I... I agree with you with 90% of that. The only thing is I feel like that's more of a season three thing okay, than a season two thing just because... We're just it, meeting them. That, that yeah, has to have yeah. more built up and more character expose and everything too before that. So do we think maybe the, the, the Darksaber is going to be taken this season then? Like she's going to get it back? I don't I, know I if she'll so. get it back, but something will happen. Like yeah. she'll... Some plot she'll, development I feel on like that. the end of it with like Ahsoka there and figuring out stuff with the Jedi. Let's say like, okay, you know, this time, you know, he gives her baby Yoda be like, you know what? You are a, one of these things. I'm giving this off to you and you help it out. Um, because I've got a war to fight because Mandalore has called and I must answer kind of thing because Mm -hmm. they believe that if Mandalore calls, you go because Mm -hmm. that is what you do. This is the way that that is the way. (laughs) Yeah. And, 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 and that's the main reason why I feel like it, it, it would be season three because it has nothing to do with the child. It has yeah, nothing so to do with, with the, the with main Mando. arc that they're yeah. trying to finish right now. Because I, I figure like he's still trying to find everybody, right? Yes, he's found this sect or whatever it was. But let's say he runs into more of his. And then well, I don't like, think he's, he's not looking for Mandalorians you know, now. Now that he has a lead on the Jedi, like that was his final goal was to find the Mandalorians been, to yeah. find the Jedi, right? Well, but then... Yeah, but we're also... runs into them, right? And it's just like, yeah, I met these guys, you know, the hell... Kind of thing. It's like okay, well, let's explain some stuff, and yeah. then the, the there might be like a whole like you know, Bo-Katan fights their leader or whatever, and whoever wins is Mandalore at that point, and they call for the the attack for the dark saber or something, and then we can have season three, episode one. There's their attack, and it's like the season starts off with the battle, and then it goes into more of them, and then if he doesn't like something or whatever, he goes back off to find the child again or some crap. Mm. I don't know. But um, do you want me to tell you just I I. I wanted to say who the next director is for the next few episodes. Okay. So sure. we have the next one is by Carl Weathers. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Episode five is by Dave Filoni. So I assume that's the Ahsoka the episode. episode. I assume yeah, that's the Ahsoka yeah. episode. Um, episode six doesn't have a director announced yet. Uh, episode okay. seven is Rick Famuia. Um, nice. And the final episode doesn't have a person um, announced yet. Uh, writers, though, Filoni, probably. writers, though, uh, for the next episode is John Favreau. Uh, the Dave Filoni episode is Dave Filoni, who wrote it. Mm. Um, episode six is John Favreau as a writer. Uh, episode seven is also Rick Famuia. And then the last episode of the season is written by John Favreau. So oh, okay. okay. We do well, have that well, information, so it kind of gives us a little bit of an idea of when Ahsoka might show up. Yeah, so so I think you're you're absolutely right. It's going to be season or episode five because yeah. if he's directing and writing it, a hundred percent. Which what begs also, to, like what's going to happen in between in this episode? Like, well, I can see him. I can see him traveling to the place, right? But look at the state the ship's in. 
So yeah. obviously the destination he's trying to get to, he's going to fall short of it. And mm. there's going to be like some kind of forest or whatever. Boba? So he's going to be trudging. Uh, hmm? Boba Fett? Uh, maybe maybe mm. not Boba yet because that would be just wild. Yeah, he's he's mid-season or end-season. Yeah. I feel so, you think so? Okay. And okay. you know what? What yeah. if what if Boba calls the whole Mandalorian? I mean, technically, we are mid season yeah, next episode. That would be cool. That would be <laughs> awesome because that would yeah. kind of tie back into to Legends. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I I see he crash lands because you know thousand credits for repair work did not do the job. He, he definitely needs more more yeah. repairs. So at this point, it's gonna fall somewhere, and he's gonna be like, "Well, I'm gonna be stuck here for a while because I need repairs. Because that thing, I cannot put that into the space anymore." Um, it depends if this planet gonna... that he's going to is populated. Exactly. Like if it has a civilization be... there, or well, not, or if it's it like a hideaway, right? Because she's if it's still hiding. So like, let's say he's in a forest or something, and like by this time, I assume like Ahsoka's not gonna be doing the whole hermit thing. I think she's going to be jumping to different temples, mm. and this is where she yeah. is on so the temple right now. She'll have some kind of community around her that knows, and will tell. They'll like intercept him in the forest and start pulling the whole like <laughs> oh my in the God. shadows kind Could of thing. Could you imagine if she's like leading a group of like gray Jedi's, like young younglings? That would yeah, be I interesting. I can't. I can't see her doing that. You don't think yeah, so? Like I, a like a I, Luke I, type thing, but for like the no. middle of the force? No, no, no because I, she. She's already been disillusioned by the, the order and the council and everything they did. Yeah. But she's so not teaching them she... as Jedi. She'd be teaching them as like what she's doing right now. Like she's just yeah, you know being one with the Force. Yeah. I, I argue is no, that for better no. or worse. Like I think she'd just keep that to herself and just try to. Okay. She just try yeah. to make people good, not necessarily turn them into Jedi. Fair enough. It, I I I feel like if that's what she was gonna do, they would have set that up in in Rebels when yeah. with yeah. the no, Force sensitive kids. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, no, I, I also just kind of leading to, to the theory that next episode isn't going to be Ahsoka. The the fact that parts are falling off the Razor Crest at the end, I, I kind of figure that that kind of will be a lead into the next episode. Like, they're able, if if it's either the Empire or other bounty hunters fighting him, they're able to track him through those pieces he's dropping yeah, off. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. That kind of a thing. Because it was weird to me at the end that they, they really focus on that one spinning piece. Yeah, of the wreckage, like a lot, like that. I feel like that's on purpose. They're, if they're if Boba has a ship, I could totally see him tracking him that way. He's definitely kind of like that. Mm. Oh yeah, like a- any bounty hunter. Yeah, with their salt would be able to, right? So. Um, a few other things I just wanted to mention about this episode. Um, I was on Twitter yesterday after watching the episode in the morning. Think, you know what? I actually enjoy watching it Friday mornings because I can be a part of the the conversation on Twitter and see what's coming out. All this new information. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, someone tweeted, I can't remember who it was and I'm sorry, but, um, if I remember, I will include it in the show notes if I can find the, the post again, but basically, um, the re-entry scene into Trask was an homage, mm-hmm. uh, by Bryce Dallas Howard, the person who, uh, directed this episode to the movie Apollo 13. The, it's almost shot for shot, the same scene, um, that her dad directed Ron Howard for the movie Apollo 13. On the re-entry. Oh, that's cool. So I thought that was a really cool little homage. And Bryce Dallas Howard uh, retweeted that and said, you are 100% correct. So that was a pretty <laughs> cool catch by one of the fans of the show. I, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was something completely different. But uh, yeah, it was really cool. I, I I'll thought, have to send it over to you guys. I, I thought it was a Battlestar Galactica kind of reference. <laughs> but, um, uh, a few other things. We already talked about um, the different types of sex and stuff of Mandalore. Uh, the one thing I did want to bring up was uh, Bo-Katan um, is a character for people that have not seen. Uh, she is a mm. character from the Clone Wars TV series. We kind of talked about it a little bit. 
um, and she is the true heir or heiress to the throne of Mandalore um, because her sister was on the throne on on Mandalore um, in the Clone Wars and yeah. was uh, <laughs> killed by an unnamed. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to tell you who that is. Uh, I mean, we I mean, just we yeah, just spoiled a whole chunk of the Mandalore. Arc. Yeah, you fine. I'll well. say it. She gets murdered by Darth Maul. <laughs> And uh, he basically small, takes small over. Spoilers for Clone Wars if you haven't seen it. <laughs> he takes over Mandalore, and uh, basically they want to take it back after all that stuff. There was a great season finale episode, few episodes of the Siege of Mandalore. If you're interested in that, season seven of the Clone Wars, definitely a must watch. Um, yeah. And basically, yeah, she's like the uh, the right rightful heiress of of Mandalore, which is where the title comes from, I guess. Um, mm. and the last thing I wanted to bring up was that Bo-Katan is looking for the Darksaber um, because we found out in Rebels and the Clone Wars TV series that it represents the true leader of Mandalore and so that's what she's talking to the uh, captain about in the Gazanti class freighter and the unnamed captain and uh, yeah that's basically all the points I wanted to hit for what happened this episode I just wanted to say how happy I was with this episode um, if I were to rank these last three episodes in order of like interest i would say episode one is number one this is very close number two and then the last episode episode two was number three on my only on my because it has list. to be a number three in that one yeah i think no disrespect to the episode but it was like it was yeah, yeah. i just think the the intro episode was just such a good friggin episode man like the yeah, introduct- reintroduction of boba fett the mm-hmm. awesome crate dragon battle um just all those threads tying together was so fun and it was like 55 minutes this one was only 35 or 34 minutes and Mm. it's i think this is where we're gonna see the episodes kind of come back to a normal normal in quotation marks hour long kind Uh, of no no like half hour 45 minutes just because like Uh, that's maybe this that's what it was like last season it was everything was like 38 minutes or so maybe this next one you know i still think one of my favorites from last season still has to be that prison uh riot one and, and that was break, I should say. Yeah, episode six. And I was actually going to bring that up too because um, I'm pretty sure I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Rick Famaiwa was the one who directed that one. So when oh, that might Dan be his episode that, then. Yeah, when Dan said episode seven was was directed by it was going to be done by him, I was like, ooh, I'm really hoping we get uh, Bill Burr and Clancy Brown and I can't remember the actress's name, but the actress who played uh, Luna Lovegood or not Luna Nymphadora Tonks, sorry. Sorry? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember her name, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I remember she played Tonks in the Harry Potter films. You were right. You can see all three of them again. It was Rick Famuya for that episode. Let's see. Okay. Uh, yeah. That one and the second episode is what he directed. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, immediately when I hear his name, I'm thinking... Cause, yeah, because I, I only remember it because Bill Burr talked about uh, how he was directed by Rick in an interview uh, about Mandalorian. Oh, nice. So... Yeah, so as soon as I hear that name, I'm thinking, oh, I, I hope they all come back because they're all still alive, right? As so. far as we know, yeah. I I, mm-hmm. I would love to see them because, you know what, like, he's probably in the, like, close to that, where that prison ship was, right? Because he's still I mean, in he... that, like, the Outer Rim system where the New Republic yeah. outpost is and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So depending on where he has to jump to, like, where Corvus is, um, he could still be around this area, which would make sense if they escape, they can get to him. Question. Mm-hmm. Did did uh did Moralo Evol survive that whole ordeal? Moralo Evol. Um Yeah, Mr. Third Person guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's from the Clone Wars, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, it'd be really box. funny. 
Morale <laughs> evolved be... did not survive. I'm pretty sure. Oh he died. damn! Because it would have been funny if like he, they show up and it's like we gotta get out of here. And it's just like you've come to the right person. Morale, <laughs> oh no, this way is off this new republic thing. <laughs> Actually, uh, be mad, but he I'm is alive, as far as we know. Uh, the last thing I see on the wiki page is the three Jedi attacked the two, preventing their escape, freeing Chancellor, the Chancellor, yeah, the Jedi he, arrested he like, by Evol, arrested Evol and like, Bane. Don't kill me! Yeah. Don't kill Morello Evol! <laughs> yeah, don't like, kill shut me! Shut up! Yeah, Morello Evol is a, definitely an interesting character. Now, now that you're mentioning Morello Evol, I I don't think he would appear in in. No, he'd have no. Well, no not sorry, not not Morello Evol. Like it would be interesting. Morello Evol uh, showed up. But I, I was also thinking. Well, I was thinking. <laughs> uh, I was thinking Cad Bane because yep. ne- with with now with season seven having wrapped up, there's no. Uh, ba- so basically, there there's a. Well, the thing I'm talking about is there were a bunch of previses put out for Clone Wars episodes when they thought they were canceled, that were showing all the stuff that they had prepared. And there's basically, I won't say what the episode is because it's a really cool episode, and I still hope that that they do it. They do it, but there's basically an episode that explains why you never see Cad Bane uh, after Clone Wars. Yeah, but that's no longer that you know it's not canon anymore now that they've they've had season seven. It's in our hearts. So it, yeah, right. But like again, I don't really expect them to show up because I feel like it would be kind of random. But if Cad Bane came back, that would be really cool. It would. Uh, I only say Hardeen because he's actually a Mandalorian. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Hardeen definitely, yeah. Although, unfortunately, we barely get to see any of him because it's all just, you know, Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could definitely see if they bring Cad Bane back, he definitely would be with Cad Bane because he's, he's definitely a very intelligent character, uh, Morale Yaval. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if he was going to be with anybody or doing anything, his next step mm-hmm. would be to be with Cad Bane's group of, of bounty hunters if, that's, if they're still alive. But yeah, no, I think... That'd be an interesting twist for sure if we get some more Clone Wars characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume when we see Ahsoka, we're going to see Sabine, and I am ready for that. I am so ready. Oh, yeah. I, I, it it has to be. I'm assuming it's he's going to run into them as they're still searching for Ezra. That's that's what probably. I probably yeah. Can you ima- can you imagine if like Gideon, uh, Gideon's going through hell and then like these these things appear or whatever. Oh, uh, or like a ship, yeah. A ship oh my and all god! All of a sudden, Thrawn's there to help him. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't. Like I don't know if Thrawn. Okay, we were talking about don't, this before, and don't tempt me with that. <laughs> we were talking about Thrawn, and mm-hmm. I don't think like since the Empire has fallen, Thrawn is from the Clone Wars or the um, the Rebels TV series. If you haven't watched it yet, he's very mm-hmm. high end Imperial. He's oh, a grand excuse admiral. Excuse you. He's from the Rebels TV series. What did I say? He's from Dark Empire. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah. get saying, into it now. For, for canon, no, that's what I'm talking about. Empire. Yeah, from what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about, yeah. I'm talking canon. Um, but basically, yeah, he's a really like very smart military mind, tactical mind. Mm-hmm. And he gets pulled away from the Empire by uh, a Padawan, I guess, named Ezra Bridger, Bridger at the end of the or Rebels TV series. Um, but if he were to come back, the Empire has fallen. And the only reason he was with the empire was to help get their help to you know defeat the um the evil like threat that was coming onto the chiss ascendancy right Mm, um so i don't think that the empire has fallen now that he would have ties to the empire anymore he'll come like if he comes back he'll be like oh this sucks and i don't know if he would try and pair up with the new republic 
or See, if he to, would do to be to be fair though, back he was chest. literally introduced with the imperial remnant yeah what do you mean in in the like original, in, in original, original dark yeah when when thrawn was first introduced he's introduced after the emperor is already dead oh i did not know that yeah yeah because yeah, he's he was... he's dark empire so it's post episode six. Oh, like, okay. grand he was the grand animal he, he was like the mm. top at that point for he, i don't know about the rest of the army or anything like that but at least the navy's top they had to answer to him because the he other was thing running that does it. happen though and mm. that doesn't happen in the fall in uh, the dark empire i think is that the first order exists right and so the remnants of the empire go to the wild, the uh, wild space, and become the first order, right? Yeah, but we don't need to. So <laughs> just, God damn it, uh, Noma. Just ignore that. But I'm stuff. just saying, like that doesn't tie up with Thrawn's like motive, right? I don't think he would want to stick with the first order because we don't even well, we don't we don't see him. I I, I have to look up the article again because at this point, from what I'm remembering, it's just hearsay. But I, I seem to remember someone. At, at Lucasfilm or Disney mentioning that that their plans were that Thrawn helped build the First Order. Oh, I can see I'd, that. I'd have to, I'd have I can to see that. It. Yeah, but um, so I mean, I can't see him just dipping. He needs help, but at that point, he like who in the New Republic would want him at that point? Even if yeah, they he would have to, they yeah, think, you'd have to go. They think for he's his... playing a long game because at this point they've all fought against him. Adalon was a thing; they nearly died. Yeah. yeah. And then I don't think they'd just be like, oh, hey, yeah, join our side. It's fine. No, they'd either lock him in a prison or do something where he wouldn't be able to help anyone. Mm. So there's no way I could see him just being like, oh, yeah, I'll join you guys now. It'd be hilarious if they, like, reverse exiled him back to Chiss. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing, too, is that, like, Rebels ends right as A New Hope begins, I guess. Like, kind of right around there. Or, mm. yeah, just, a, like, right, right near Rogue One. And so this is when that happens. Ezra is what I don't know, fifteen or fourteen years old or something like that. Yeah. So we have uh, was it two years between or three years between Star Wars: New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and then another three years between that and the Return of Jedi. So it's like six six years. Sorry, what was that time jump they showed with Hera and her kid? I feel like that was like that. That was I assume Rogue that One was era? also post Rogue. I, I assume that was uh, Return of the Jedi era. Oh, okay. It could be. It could be because he was they, he was a baby though, was he not? No, he was. He, or was he a kid? He looked like a kid. Yeah, like he was he a had, kid. Yeah, like I assume six or seven. But yeah, like I, I assume that because then they immediately show like they show Sabine as well, right? Okay, so let's say and like then that leads right into Ahsoka. Seven years is Return of the Jedi, where we see uh, Hera's kid and Sabine and Ahsoka. And then they're looking like Sabine and Ahsoka are looking for Ezra. Um, so that's seven years that pass. So Ezra might be what twenty now, and then another five, six years to the Mandalorian if he's not found yet. So he's what twenty six, twenty seven. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and so Thrawn would have aged what another twelve years as well. Yeah, something like that. It'd be um, funny if they didn't. So I mean, we don't know how fast Chiss. Age. Yeah, yeah, we don't know what their life expectancy uh, is. But at all, least Ezra, all... Ezra is a human, so we know he he would be aging at a relatively normal pace to what we mm. age like. It'd be like a young adult or an adult, actually. Sorry, you'd be an adult around age twenty six or so. It'd be interesting be cool to see them come back. Tactics from from Thrawn at that point, especially if they spent mm. that entire time together. Treat like, him like a second Vanto. Like um, I would assume <laughs> at that. Yeah, I assume at that. Like Ezra is, you know starting to become uh, more of an ally with Thrawn, and Thrawn's becoming more of an ally with him. 
they're learning from each other. You know, Thrawn is intrigued by something that he he doesn't really understand, which is you know, you know, the culture of other of other beings. And I would assume the Jedi fall into that. And mm-hmm. Ezra has knowledge, some knowledge of the Force and things of that nature, and you know, the world between worlds and everything that I assume Thrawn would love to know. Um, whether Ezra shares that with him or not, we don't know. Yeah, see that that would be my main thing is what would make them become like allies trying to survive yeah. together in like wild space if that's where they went so i mean, would have no problem with that because he kind of comes from i could see space. ezra putting away yeah. putting away his differences with thrawn to survive and come back because i, Cause, totally cause see I also i guess but i can also just see see a, a world where you know the purgles jump to hyperspace they get out and then ezra just hitches a ride with the purgles and leaves thrawn in the middle of wild space yeah Mm. Granted, I think you need a spacesuit for that, but still, you know, I think like you, I, I, I can definitely see that, but I don't, I don't think it's as enticing as a story. It's, it's not, but it's just like the, the thing I, I need to get is a good explanation as to why they're actually. I think survival like would be the, the only years, thing. Yeah, Ezra's still a kid, right? And that's something like, like aspect. That's why I, I think, mean, yes, but Thrawn technically killed his master, so no, Thrawn didn't kill him. It was. Um, Governor Price. Price, who worked for Thrawn, though. Right, right, right. Right. But and I don't Thrawn, think Thrawn wanted him dead. He Thrawn wanted him captured. Right. Sure, but I mean, like I'm just saying, right? like, you're, you're, you're taking you're taking main protagonist and basically main antagonist, and you can't just be like, and then they became friends because then I'm going, I don't, uh, how? I, yeah, <laughs> I I get that, and I think that a, like, like once there. once they are able to trust each other enough strong. to talk. Mm. Once they, yeah, I think an alliance is also like is a better way of putting it. Like they're not friends, but they're working together to survive and get back together because Ezra's is still a kid when they ha- when they leave. Um, so he doesn't sure, have sure, but he, he's he's a very mature kid by the end, right? He, he is, mm-hmm. and he does have survival tactics on he's civilized planets. Though. But if he's not on a civilized planet, does he know how to survive by himself? Which I don't think that's the case. And I think once you know the. I think it's going to be like an Agent Callus and uh, Zeb kind of scenario where they don't like each other, but they they work together to survive. That's kind of what I'm seeing or expecting. You know what I mean? Because they, they were also main antagonists to each other as minor characters. Agent Callus like murdered a lot of Zeb's race, right? In one of the sieges from uh, the Empire and that they had to leave, like the race had to leave to another planet. And Zeb hated him for that because he also yeah, had Yeah, sure, that, but... Again, there is an entire episode where they then go over that and explain how they then bond, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not saying it. I'd never see it happening, and I could never accept it. But I'm saying I need something like that episode. I need yeah. a cave episode. And that's exactly what I hope we get. Yeah. Whether it's a movie it, otherwise or it's just very weird in this TV series. Like I would be down. I know there was a the a trilogy that's been announced that hasn't really had. Uh, Taika Waititi, I think, is the director of this trilogy. Um, and hasn't been announced of what the plot is yet. And people are speculating that it could be a Thrawn trilogy of movies. Thrawn and Ezra. Or something of that nature. Um, which I'd be interested in. I'd rather be in a TV series. I feel like they'd get a lot more development. Yeah. Um, all, all The only other thing I'm going to say is that if they ever do Thrawn in live action, there I there's only one actor I can ever see, live like live action actor, pulling him off. Who's that? And that uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, Pierce Brosnan, like they had at uh, Star Wars Celebration. Uh, <laughs> On that I, mural. If he, if, yeah, right. Mikkelsen would be interesting. 
He's um, he's got the like the main reason that I think that is he's got Hannibal? that yeah Hannibal he's got that yeah. like voice it cadence is. and that kind of like super intense like almost no emotion now the, like incredibly practical the one thing kind that of I, delivery I could say is that they've done something like this before where they chose an actor to portray a character and they did voiceover for that character as a different person so in Darth Darth Maul I would love that though they have um oh yeah uh, same Park, same Whitworth Sam as Whitworth's the voice. voice and Ray Park as the physical actor um and I think they could totally do that with Thrawn they pick an actor that looks very similar to Thrawn and they get the voice actor for Rebels to do the voiceover for that. Yeah, I think that, that would voice be was perfect. perfect. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Um, and I think that we might see that with Ahsoka. Because Ashley Eckstein is the voice of Ahsoka in the Clone Wars and Rebels Okay, yeah, but she's a kid at that point. She's also in the well, Rebels TV series Rebels as an adult, too? though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> so she's, she's the voice of that. So then I think... It's no not part of the to... voice actor, but it's just like, come on, you're gonna keep using her child's voice when she's like 20. Well, no, she's like got a more adult voice when she's got when she's in Rebels. It's a little bit more mature. Yeah. Um, I could totally see them using her as the voiceover for whoever portrays her physically in. Um... Wait, where, where do you know who's doing her actor? Or... Yeah, I don't it, was, it was rumored. It was rumored that it was. Um... Oh, was that never confirmed? I thought it was Rosario Dawson. It might be confirmed. I don't know. I just remember it being a rumor, and I never really looked into it past that. But I think it is. It might be confirmed. I don't know. Um. But yeah, so it could, like Rosario Dawson might portray her physically, and then Ashley Eckstein might do voiceover for her because they've they've really done that with the alien races and stuff like that, like Darth Maul and whatnot. So um, I could see it. It's not too far of a, th- a stone throw to to have that kind of guess. I think it was easy enough to do with Vader. So. <laughs> well, yeah. well, like helmet. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a face. <laughs> Just a mask. Well, like even if they're just like, yeah, we want you to do the motions. You yeah. don't have to learn lines or anything. Like, you, well, you learn the lines so you know how to deliver the motions, and then you also, say them if you want to. I did just want to say, like, I am super impressed with the visual effects of this series, especially season two. Like the space flying, the spiders, the alien species, like the practical effects with the like the special effects everything is melding so well together i'm not having a hard time believing that this is star wars and i'm not mm. having a hard time believing that the physical props belong alongside the special effects props yeah well like, especially because like one thing i was glad to see is like they kept the wrist mounted uh blasting feature yeah kind mm-hmm. of thing or like they're just like yeah here's my here's my super high tech like uh if you ever played the bounty hunter in the old republic it's like using the rail shot yeah, basically yeah. but those are just <laughs> but they're just blasters from there i'm just like you see i wish more things would incorporate that because that's another aspect of them that makes them really cool where it's just like you know what if we lose a blaster so what take this kind of thing and it's just yeah. like and they kept the yellow i was uh, gonna say that uh, exhaust and everything too like that i was the blaster bolts are all yellow which continues yeah. the, the canon from the clone wars tv series with these people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that just made me bounce off the wall at that point i was like okay I know. great I was like, that, this is that the was, first time we've seen small, different color blasters mm. apart from red and green, right? In, like, red, live blue. action. Blue. Oh, blue we've seen in, as well. Uh, Force yeah. Awakens. Green we saw in, at the first uh, movie, actually, with all the guys on Naboo. And their fighters. Mm. Okay. They were okay. all green. Yeah. Clone yeah. War started and they were blue. Because uh, the GAR just used, like, blue for everything, basically. And then um, we get to red and red and red in the original trilogy mm. 
and then back to blue and red in the um that thing all right. <laughs> are, are we i think we're we're our conversation's a little uh it's coming down now uh, oh, I'll, I'll bring it back up for a second because right. it's also something we talked about in the episode which was uh this is the first time i as far as i as far as i can remember this is the first time we've seen a gazanti uh transport in live action which is from rebels and yeah yeah, yeah. and well and because it's me, I remember them from uh, Star Wars Armada, the uh, mm-hmm. the tabletop game. But oh, were they in that good. first? I don't know. I actually don't know. Uh, it, they they it might have been, but it it's also incredibly possible that they, they used, were in Rebels first. Yeah, they were. I think I got into Armada after Rebels came out, so I I'm not too sure. the The only ship I know is. An Armada exclusive is, or or sorry, that started in Armada is the Raider class, which is the same ship that shows up in Battlefront Two. Love that ship because yeah, because so uh, I I know Fantasy Flight Games made that one up because that was in X Wing first and then Wait, Armada. The Raider, like the, uh, the Imperial support Raider. ship. Yeah, yeah, like the Corvus. Like the frigate. Um, oh, okay. Yes, yeah, the one in squadrons that you have to take down. Yeah, I I like the sign of the sign of that man. Like it's it's, yeah. it's a mini it's a mini star destroyer. It's aggressive yeah, cruiser. It looks super it's cool. great. It, it, it originally came on an X wing, which is like a squadron. Uh, if people don't know what X wing is, it, it's basically uh, starfighter versus starfighter combat. And so they had a big expansion where they brought out like the smallest class of starships that they could. So the the rebels got the blockade runner, Corvette. and the empire got the uh, yeah the and so the empire got the raider corvette that they made up for for that because. Until that point, the Empire didn't actually have Corvettes. They're the smallest thing sure. at that point would have been a. It would have been an interdictor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wonder if the Gladiators made up too. I, I don't. know. I'd have to look into that. But and, and either way, yeah. The the that's what I know the Gazanti from. But yeah, they look really nice in, in live action. I Definitely. really like the look of them. Yeah, we got to see a little bit of uh, them in, in Rebels, and now to see mm. them in live action, they're a lot bigger than I thought they were. Um, just size-wise. They didn't have to carry at least four, four ties. Yeah. Uh, ties so. mm-hmm. I think it's really cool to see them in live action. I hope they bring more stuff like that back. Um, like I hope we see Ahsoka's cool ship that she has um, in Rebels. Um, it's like that weird like half crescent moon kind of look. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool to see in live action that, as well. That and the... I guess we haven't seen an interdict, an interdictor in live action, but in, yeah, interdictors and architens. Architens are the uh, the, the frigate the frigates that the Empire used in Rebels that have the the two like large guns on either side, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. The Gauntlet Fighters are also something that I really want to see in live action. The which? The Gauntlet Fighters. Oh, gauntlets. Uh, the, yeah. Mandalorian. Oh, the Mandalorian yeah. Gauntlet Fighters, especially that we have like Bo-Katan we're, and everybody back now. We're gonna spin our outsides around. Yeah. <laughs> like as soon as Din's like, "No, I want to go," I'm like, "No, you should join them because we can see the Gauntlet Fighters." <laughs> I think Ooh, we'll see them eventually. We saw- if we saw them, it would be great to see Fenrau again. Ooh, uh, if he, yeah! If he's still yeah. alive, that'd be crazy. That'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, he'd be he'd be like in he his. Rolls. I feel like he'd be in his sixties. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah Mando lives to their sixties at that point. Oh uh, right. yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, Bo-Katan's in her late fifties. I thought she was mid forty at this point. Is she late fifty now? There's something in I, there. We we yeah we figured it. Damn it! How do we forget from yesterday? We figured it out yesterday because if she was, it's like mid forties or mid fifties. I can't remember. She's she's a lot older than than she yeah. looks. She looks real good for her age. Like mm-hmm. she does not look in her fifties if she is. Well, that's because that's because it's Katie Sackoff. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, all right, I think that uh, does it for this episode. 
Um, we're going to head out to the outro and uh, let you know how to contact us with everything that you want to talk about with The Mandalorian. Season 2, Chapter 11, The Heiress. That is so confusing sometimes to try and figure out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you think it's confusing too, you can email us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. Let us know exactly how confusing you think it is. Should we just call it chapter two? See, you're confused. See, it's already confused. I'm already getting you confused. But if you prefer Twitter, we're on there as well at the handle at voiceforcepod. Trust me, we retweet a lot, but if you retweet new episode tweets or anything of the sort, it will help with growing the listener base, and it will be very much appreciated. Uh, you can find us over at voiceoftheforce.com. It's an amazing-looking website, honestly. You should go check it out just for pure curiosity anyway, but it is a nice-looking website. And finally, listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Leave us a nice review, please. It would help <laughs> so much. That is the way. This is the way. <laughs> and listen, guys, whenever you find out or you find something new you'd like, yo, you go run and tell your friends and like, oh, yeah, this place was great. You know what? But like for us, we're your friends now. And if you want to help us out, those <laughs> look reviews. At <laughs> look at me. I'm the friend now. <laughs> I'm the friend now. But yeah, uh, we're your friends as well, and leaving us a review really helps, especially one with five stars. But come on now, we we, we are that five star material, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do it, do it. Leave the five star review. <laughs> Honestly, it does help with visibility. And if we want to grow and talk more about the Mandalorian, you will be in charge of that. Mm. Ha, 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 ha.